Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. New cameras to catch speeders. Putting in uh, the speed-activated cameras will have a significant ability to reduce accidents. How racing through a traffic light will get you a ticket, no matter what color it is. Dirty money moves fast. Gangsters are being quite creative and imaginative about how they launder their money. How criminals converted supercars into clean cash. And one punch that changed a life. When it comes to your door, it's shocking. How a good Samaritan ended up like this. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. If you have a lead foot, consider yourself warned. It won't be as easy to get away with speeding on city streets. The province is tweaking 35 intersection cameras. And that means if you're caught speeding, even if the light is green, you could still end up with a ticket. Aaron MacArthur is live with the details on this. Aaron, when will this kick in? Sophie, all the cameras were actually built with this technology already. They just haven't been turned on. Mike Farnworth, the Minister of Public Safety, says this will likely roll out later this summer and drivers will have to be careful going through the intersection. The numbers really are staggering. 60% of all collisions in BC happen in intersections and speed is certainly a factor. According to the government, over a four-year stretch of time, cameras recorded more than 10,000 drivers doing 30 kilometers an hour or more above the speed limit. The government won't tell us in this case what the threshold will be for speeders going through the intersection. Mike Farnworth says this technology works, it works elsewhere, and it'll make our roads safer. The reality is, is most British Columbians drive responsibly. Most British Columbians know that uh, the majority of, in, of uh, accidents happen at intersections. British Columbians want to see those who are causing the accidents um, are, uh, you know, in essence, there's a penalty. Was the government repurposing these red light cameras uh, to use for speeding? Um, if that's the case, then I think that's the wrong direction to take. Uh, they should be concentrating on reducing crashes at uh, intersections, and if they need to take more drastic action, then I think maybe um, increase the penalties uh, for uh, driving through red lights. All right, Aaron, many will say this sounds a lot like photo radar. It certainly does sound a lot like photo radar, doesn't it? The government here is clear this is not the old-style photo radar that was so controversial in the 90s. There's no sneaky vans on the side of the road, and these are targeted in intersections, in high-collision intersections. One of the key differences will be the, the warning signs that drivers will experience. All of these locations are published online. People will know where they are. And then every intersection will have a sign saying that these intersections are marked and will be tagged for drivers if you go through those red or go through the green lights uh, too fast. Critics of this, though, say it, in, it looks like photo radar in the fact that the tickets will go to the registered owner of the vehicle and not necessarily the person driving the vehicle. 
guilt, and the driver then has to prove his innocence. Sophie. All right. Thanks for that, Aaron MacArthur reporting. Well, fast cars, specifically B.C.'s luxury car market, helped money launderers wash millions of criminal cash. That's the finding in a new report on dirty money in B.C. The report revealing in some cases shopping bags full of money are being used to buy expensive cars. Richard Zussman reports. Organized criminals don't drive smart cars. It's a title the city of Vancouver would soon like to get rid of, now dubbed the luxury car capital of North America. So you can actually very effectively launder a lot of money through a car, through lease, uh, lease payments, through uh, purchases, through reselling. The province releasing part of German's latest report on Tuesday, this one finding multiple cases of cash being used to buy Lamborghinis, Porsches and other luxury cars. People literally bringing in cash in uh, grocery shopping bags, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000, sometimes well over a hundred, sometimes over $200,000. German found the cars were purchased in Metro Vancouver, shipped out of the country in many cases to Asia and sold for a profit. Then the money comes back laundered and set for use in more illegal activities. The kicker? German found no police presence at the ports. We're actually having meetings with, uh, with RCMP and with police generally, uh, with uh, organized crime specialists in terms of uh, figuring out the exact model uh, that we can bring forward at the provincial level that will be effective because we can't wait, obviously, for the federal government on this. The report also exposing a tax loophole where money launderers were receiving a PST refund for shipping the cars overseas. It was a surprise entirely and obviously incredibly disturbing to the premier and the finance minister and the government as a whole. Some good news out of the report, German not finding enough evidence of money laundering at the horse racing tracks. A small consolation for Green Party leader Andrew Weaver. Waiting for these reports to come in dribble by dribble. It's, we need a full-scale public inquiry right now. I mean, the public's demanding it. EB saying Tuesday the decision from the provincial cabinet on a public inquiry coming, quote, soon. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. The Premier today calling for an independent investigation to figure out why our gas prices are so high. John Horgan is writing a letter to the BC Utilities Commission asking it to look into why filling up here is so out of line with the rest of the country. Keith Baldry is live with more on the details of the request and the likelihood this will happen. Keith? Yeah, Sophie, John Horgan and the NDP government obviously <coughs> feeling the political heat oh. on the very uh, big issue of gas price uh, increases in Metro Vancouver and here in the capital. He's thrown a lot of things at the wall in the last few weeks, suggesting tax relief, then rejecting that, suggesting more regulations, then rejecting that, suggesting more refineries, then saying that the refinery has to be in Alberta, calling on the prime minister to do something. Now he's written this letter to David Morton, the chair of the BC Utilities Commission, asking the, him to take action. Here's what he had to say in that letter, asking the BCUC to say... I ask that you facilitate a fair, transparent and inclusive investigation so we all have the information required to seek solutions to the high and wildly fluctuating price of gasoline. So that's the letter that BCUC, the Premier today, also revealing he has had his phone call with the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, asking him to get involved in this as well. Here's the Premier. Prime Minister agreed with me that there was certainly a challenge in the Lower Mainland. He's going to uh, direct his officials to look at solutions on getting more refined product here. I'm hopeful that he'll be successful. So to get more refined uh, product here means taking the existing bitumen out of the current pipeline uh, that's been there for some time, 20% of capacity, and replacing it with more refined fuel. But I think the Trudeau government will argue, well, if we do that, we need a second pipeline, thus reigniting the internal debate on the second pipeline for Trans Mountain. Thanks for that, Keith.
Decisive action by a truck driver likely saved lives on Vancouver Island. Just after 8 o'clock this morning, a semi carrying, a lump, carrying lumber flipped on the highway, taking out traffic lights and crashing into three other vehicles. And while it looks bad, amazingly, no one suffered life-threatening injuries. Police credit the truck driver, saying he maneuvered his rig in a way that prevented further damage and injuries. I was very lucky today. Uh, from witnesses' statements that I talked to, it sounds like the truck driver took evasive actions and saved a lot of lives today by the way he controlled his truck. And we're still investigating uh, what happened to the truck. But, uh, at this time, we know he was traveling northbound, coming down to the hill, and had a mechanical issue. And on, at this time, we're not sure exactly what that mechanical issue was, and he just tried to control his truck until uh, this occurred. A show-and-tell in Surrey today drawing mixed reaction. Mayor Doug McCallum unveiled the policing vehicle prototype for the city's proposed municipal force. Grace Key is in Surrey with more on the unveiling and why some are critical of the mayor. Grace. Well, Chris, the public got its first look at a marked police car here at Surrey City Hall. And some are saying it's another example of how the mayor has been pushing this police force forward without public consultation. For the first time, Surrey residents got a look at a prototype of a new marked municipal police vehicle. There are no modifications inside, but outside the word Surrey clearly spelled out. It was unveiled at City Hall during Mayor Doug McCallum's State of the City address. Right now it just seems like a normal vehicle. I'm not pretty sure what else uh, is different in this. I mean, it's an explorer. I don't really think much of it. Visit us online at surreypolice.ca to share your input. A promotional video also shows what the police uniforms could look like. Some are questioning the timing of the unveiling since the plan to move from the RCMP to a municipal force has yet to be approved by the province. We think they're putting the cart before the horse. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that uh, the mayor believes that they need to spend the money on a vehicle right now uh, just as a prototype when they could technically wait uh, for the report to be approved. It's the brand that we are going to be putting out there um, um, as we go out into the public engagement. Um, and we're going to ask the, the public what they think of the brand. Critics have cited lack of public consultation and cost as some key concerns. Next week, council will take a look at the transition plan. It'll then be submitted to the province. The mayor is confident that municipal police officers will be patrolling the streets by July 2020. Not sure what the rush is. I mean, he has four years, a uh, four-year term. I mean, he has. You know, I, I think it would be better to sort of take his foot off the pedal and slow things down and make sure it's done properly. As far as I'm concerned, we're not in a 100-meter sprint. We are running a marathon. We are on a four-year course, and there's no rest stops along the way. The mayor says public consultation will be happening over the next few weeks, and the community will have an opportunity to look at the prototype of this new police vehicle. Chris? Grace Key in Surrey. Thanks, Grace. It was an historic night in Nanaimo, Ladysmith. Green Party candidate Paul Manley winning Monday's federal by-election. And with that win, the Greens claimed their second seat in Ottawa. As Sarah McDonald reports, it's the latest victory for the party, gaining momentum nationwide. A major victory for the Greens and a momentous and rare occasion for the party Monday night. I am ready to hit the ground running in Ottawa. 
A victory speech by Paul Manley, elected member of parliament for Nanaimo Ladysmith, handed a decisive win with more than one-third of the vote. Well, I think it's a message to all those major parties that they need to take climate change seriously. Thank you all so much. The communications specialist now becomes the second Green MP at the table in Ottawa. As a groundswell of support for the Greens continues to gain traction on a federal level. We're seeing a surge across the country of support for Greens. <laughs> At the expense in this by-election of the New Democrats, who won this same riding comfortably in 2015. We've heard lots of conversations about the voter fatigue potentially, but uh, I'm not going to be one to uh, pull out any excuses out of the hat. Finishing third on Monday behind the Conservatives. This typically New Democrat stronghold swinging green could also be an indicator of a younger generation of voters galvanized and casting their ballots. Having a green win just shows that people want green policies. None of the major parties have actually done anything to get in line with reality. Those major parties and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau are taking notice five months out from a federal election. It's going to be really, really important that Canadians pick a government this fall that is committed to climate action. Voters on Vancouver Island sending a clear message environmental issues can no longer be ignored. This is the beginning of a big, big wave and we have to thank Nanaimo Ladysmith for that. With a change in attitude among voters in some enclaves since even the last federal election campaign now tangible. Back then it's like, you know, if you if you went to a door and asked them if they were voting green, you know, they, uh, they would probably laugh in your face. How times have changed. Sarah McDonald, Global News, Nanaimo. Chief political correspondent David Aiken joins us from Ottawa. David, this is significant. What could it mean heading into the fall federal election? Well, you know, it means there's a whole lot of what I'd call progressive voters up for grabs right now, Sophie. You know, in 2015, a lot of those progressive voters, particularly young progressive voters, they went for Justin Trudeau and the Liberals. But a lot of those voters now feel betrayed, angry at Trudeau. Broken promises on electoral reform, not bold enough on climate change. And then, the final straw, earlier this year, the way Trudeau dealt with Vancouver MP Jody Wilson-Raybould and the SNC-Lavalin matter. Now, normally, progressive voters disgusted with liberals turn to the NDP, but not now. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh is just not making a compelling case for those voters. I think that explains their dismal finish in Nanaimo Monday. And so the Greens, lo and behold, are increasingly becoming an option for those frustrated with the Liberals. And it's not just in Nanaimo, also in many other parts of the country. So the Greens have momentum. Liberals and New Democrats are stalled. And the Conservatives, well, they cannot help but be pleased to see these shifting sands to their political left. We could be in for a very interesting fall election, Sophie. Looking forward to it, David. Thank you. Amazing video shows what looks like the apocalypse descending on an Australian town. That's coming up on the News Hour. Also, rescuing baby elephants didn't go exactly as planned, but it all worked out in the end. I'll show you later. But first, a BC businesswoman is calling out the Kardashians, claiming they're trying to keep up with her creative brand. Tamara Community runs the Strong as a Mother brand, and she recently discovered a suspiciously similar product being touted by the famous family. Despite having little recourse, she's managed to find a silver lining. Tanya Beja reports. These are their Mother's Day 
With Mother's Day around the corner, these t-shirts are flying off the shelves. In the last two weeks, it's that panicked ordering and saying, oh my goodness, I forgot, can you get this to me, Rush? Extra smalls, extra large. Strong as a mother is the brand Tamara Komunetsky launched four years ago. She sells the t-shirts in her North Vancouver store and online and is registering the trademark in Canada, but discovered the slogan is now splashed across t-shirts sold by Good American, a business co-founded by Khloe Kardashian. My heart sank. You know, this group that has over a million followers with a huge name behind them, they're making their own version of my shirt. Komenetsky doesn't have the U.S. trademark, so experts say Kardashian's company isn't breaking the law, but violating good business practice. Ethically, did we do the right thing? Hell no. I mean, the bottom line is you're taking somebody else's invention and you're basically passing it off for your own financial advantage. If you Googled strong as a mother, you get to me first, you get to my site first. Good American did not respond to a request for comment, but the company's Instagram page now flooded by Komenetsky's fans calling foul. Should a big corporation be frightened of this? You damn right they should be. And that's why you're seeing a lot of big companies pay a lot of attention to how they handle their social network systems. And quite frankly, this is gold for me. It sheds the spotlight on my brand. Komenetsky says the controversy has prompted a wave of support and orders from customers and helped her live her brand. It's made me stronger and I am not going anywhere. I'm not backing down from this. Tanya Beja, Global News. WorkSafe BC is investigating a fatal accident in Vancouver. It happened this afternoon at a work site near the foot of the Oak Street Bridge. The BC Coroner Service telling Global News a man in his 20s has died. BC Emergency Health Services also says it transported one patient to hospital in stable condition, while two other people were treated by paramedics on site. A senseless attack in Penticton has left a man in critical condition in hospital. The victim's wife is telling Global News tonight her husband was standing up for a group of teens when he was attacked. And with one punch, their lives have changed forever. Here's Global's Shelby Tom. I'm devastated. He's my best friend. Chelsea Townend is spending her days at her husband's hospital bedside in the intensive care unit at Kelowna General Hospital. He has uh, suffered some, some brain damage. He has some bleeding in the brain. Bradley Eliasson was the victim of a brutal assault on Okanagan Lake Beach in Penticton on Friday night. The 28-year-old was enjoying a lakeside bonfire with friends when two unknown men approached. According to witnesses, as the men began picking on a group of teenagers near the bonfire. That's when Eliason stepped in. Bradley had stood up for them, and uh, the guy physically assaulted Bradley, so he ended up punching him in the face, and Bradley ended up hitting his head on concrete. His wife says he was rushed to hospital and underwent emergency brain surgery. He's now in a medically induced coma in critical condition. It's a tragedy. It, you know, you hear about these things happening, like shootings in Penticton and people getting assaulted. And, it, you know, when it comes to your door, it's shocking. Townend is still processing the shocking assault on her husband of five years. I went to high school in Penticton, and I used to think it was a safe place. Um, I don't anymore. 21-year-old Thomas Kruger Allen was arrested and charged with aggravated assault, as well as sexual assault and two counts of common assault. Townend is now praying the love of her life will make a full recovery. 
He's all she has left. I've lost a, a brother and a sister and a father. And uh, what's left of my heart is in that ICU room. Shelby Tom, Global News, Penticton. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Time-lapse video captures an apocalyptic scene in the Australian town of Mildura. As a dust storm turns day to night, the storm lingered for about an hour before it moved on and the skies cleared up. Wind gusts reached nearly 90 kilometers an hour during the storm. A heart-wrenching moment in the House of Commons today as Langley Aldergrove Conservative MP Mark Warawa stood to address his colleagues on his birthday. After a lengthy standing ovation and MPs singing happy birthday, Warawa, who's not running again in October, told the House that the latest tests show his pancreatic cancer has spread to his lungs and lymph nodes. He says that while that might change his prognosis and treatment plan, he's putting his trust in God and asking for prayers. And he had some advice for his colleagues. I want to encourage each of you to love one another, to encourage each other, because God loves us. Pray for one another. Pray about what's really important. Help one another. Seek God's will for you each day. Do what is right. Be honest. I've been reminded very freshly how valuable and precious life is from beginning to end. So God bless you. I love you all. I look forward to being able to serve. Until October, it'll likely be out of my constant office. But uh, to God be the glory. Thank you so much. Metro Vancouver mayors are among the municipal officials from across Canada converging on Ottawa this week to push the federal government for more stable and predictable funding for transit. The mayors say the current ad hoc project-by-project approach makes it impossible to make any long-term transit plans because it's difficult to even get to the planning stage without federal money. They stress they're not asking for more money, just a better system for handing it out. On BC One this morning, TransLink Mayor's Council Chair Jonathan Cote said the timing is right to ask now. You know, the federal election is in, in the fall, but, uh, but we know the time that the parties are spending starting to develop their platforms is actually now. So we actually think this is perfect timing to be talking to all of the major parties because, uh, you know, for us, uh, really our success is if all of the major parties recognize the importance of the issue and can be talking about those issues during the upcoming campaign. The mayors will outline their ideas to more than 30 members of parliament from all parties in meetings this week. Finally, a benefit to not having ride-sharing in B.C. We won't be part of a worldwide work stoppage tomorrow. Drivers for Uber and Lyft in North America will be joining colleagues across the globe by briefly going on strike. They want better job security, higher wages and better benefits like paid time off. The loosely organized protest comes the day before Uber expects to go public. 
Heartwarming video now of the rescue of two elephant calves in Sri Lanka with a strange twist. That's right. The calves have been trapped in a hole for nearly three hours with their anxious mothers watching. Wildlife officials brought in an excavator to cut an escape path for the babies. One climbed out right away, but the smaller one was having trouble getting out, and it eventually needed some help from the highly skilled excavator operator. But even that apparently wasn't the end of it. little guy, he was a little bit confused, maybe. Uh, a smaller elephant simply refused to leave, even huddling next to the excavator that rescued it. And after trying unsuccessfully to lead it back to its mother, they finally had to use loud firecrackers to chase both baby elephants back into the jungle where they eventually did join their mothers. The poor little guy probably bonded with the excavator. It seems like that's what might have happened. Oh, sweet. All yeah. right. In Health Matters now, a major announcement today that fills a big gap in the Medic Alert program in B.C. For the first time, children and youth with mental health challenges can enroll, giving first responders a heads up and a treatment plan for kids who might not be able to speak for themselves. Nadia Stewart reports. They are colorful bracelets with a simple yet powerful message, one directed at kids like Carrie Anderson's son. And really, when my son was five, nobody was thinking mental illness with him. Anderson says the illness paramedics could not immediately see made it difficult for them and for her family. They often didn't know what to do when it was a child, and they didn't think, they didn't think mental health. And so the, the way that we look at it is if people know more, then they can do something with that knowledge that they now have. It's why Anderson's organization, Family Smart, is part of a pilot project looking to fill that gap. Medic Alert is well known across Canada. Founded in 1955, in case of an emergency, the medical history and needs of people wearing these bracelets is made available to first responders. But mental illness was notably absent from the list. BC Children's Hospital doctor Jennifer Russell wanted to change that. The parent could tell the 911 dispatcher, my child has a medical alert care plan, and that would enable EHS to contact medical alert and get all that information. The kind of crucial information needed before getting to hospital, including medications to avoid or even techniques to help them respond to the crisis differently. When we respond to a scene uh, or an emergency that's very chaotic, it's really important to get accurate information in a timely fashion. This will help paramedics gather that important information. Experts also say this will help the fight against stigma, bringing mental health alongside physical health. These are no different. We are a person and we have crises for lots of different reasons. It could be an allergy, it could be some other medical concern, it could be a mental illness. Nadia Stork, Global News. All right, we've got a pretty sunny forecast coming up with Christy a little bit later on, but before that, and right on time, Consumer Reports is out with its latest report on sunscreens. Company tested more than 80 sunscreens and gave the French company La Roche-Posay a perfect score of 100. It's not cheap, though, $36 a bottle. Other less expensive sunscreens that scored well are Trader Joe's SPF 50, Coppertone Ultra Guard Lotion, and Banana Boat Sun Comfort Clear Ultra Ultra Mist Spray. 
screen that gets an excellent rating and a high overall score is one that provides excellent protection against the UVB rays that cause sunburn, the UVA rays that cause aging and skin cancer. Victoria Elementary School student Naima Pop took her solo environmental protest to the legislature today uh, in a way that got a little more attention than usual. The 11-year-old grade 6 student Pogo sticked her way through the city to the legislature steps. I'm hoping to raise awareness. I didn't know about sea level rise before I started my social studies project, which is why I'm here. By doing Pogo sticking, do you think that helps bring attention to the sea level rising? Well, I guess it's not like I'm driving. I don't have gas emissions, but I was originally going to walk, but then I was thinking, what could I do to make it more interesting? And I decided to pogo stick. She is so cute. I know. It is zero emission, right? Pop's got some hop. (laughs) Well done. All right, some uh, remarkable new research out of UBC is raising the possibility of saving honeybee colonies at a time when they're collapsing at an alarming rate. As Linda Aylesworth reports, the scientists have found that some bees are more hygienic than others. That's a discovery that could help stop one of the biggest threats to bees. The life of a honeybee is not an easy one. Those born in the busy summer months burn out in a matter of weeks. But that's not their only challenge. By far the biggest threat to bees is the varroa mite, uh, which is a parasitic mite that, uh, that infests bee colonies. The mites cling to the bees, feeding on them and injecting them with viruses. But some hives are more resistant than others. Dr. Leonard Foster at UBC wanted to know why and found the answer inside their tiny antenna. When we get those antenna, we pulverize them and then extract the proteins. What they discovered was that the bees from hives that were resistant to the varroa mite had 12 particular proteins in common, proteins that make them good hive keepers. They are called hygienic bees. And if those nest mates are, are dead or dying because of a, an infection, getting them out of the colony gets, gets the disease out of the colony as well. They're not sure why this is the case, but there is a theory that the proteins make them react differently to certain smells. They're probably odors, they're probably pheromones that are given off by a dead or dying uh, bee that triggers hygienic behavior. To put their science to the test, they selectively bred some of the bees that have the 12 genes, put them in hives, and let them be for a year. And most of them, 80% of them, were still alive, uh, which is better than uh, most beekeepers can do with all the management that they normally do. Currently, only 5% of honeybee colonies are naturally hygienic and, as a result, resistant to mites. What Dr. Foster's lab hopes to do is give natural selection a helping hand. So our grand hope is that eventually the, the gene pool of bees across Canada will be have such high levels of hygiene that we will no longer need to manage varroa uh, using other methods. If that day comes, I'll be a very happy man. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. A recipe for disaster after the forecast why this unconventional Jenga player is going viral. Oh, oh that was so close.
Does he put it back on top of the stack, though? That's what we got to find out. Because you take a block from the middle and you put it on, <laughs> on top. top. That's how it goes. <laughs> All right, Christy standing by with a look at that sunny forecast. Hey, Christy. These are the days you guys get outside and enjoy them. Get your kids outside and enjoy. Put down or put away all those uh, little things that you have to do around the house and just get outside. Uh, this is Riley and Mark Shefford. Uh, Elk Mountain is just outside of the Chilliwack area. They were hiking earlier in the day. You can see it's a little colder there, but he's taking a rest. By the way, he is safe, so not to worry. Uh, so yeah, get out there and enjoy, but keep in mind, UV index is already at a very high level. It was today, and I expect it to continue that way right through until Friday, not until Saturday. We may we see it ease off, and that means that if you're outside between the hours of 11 and 4 p.m., you need to be aware that you could burn quite easily. They say within 10 minutes or so, so you need to have sunscreen and uh, hopefully a safe sunscreen. Here's a look at our highs for today. 24 in Pitt Meadows and in Cultus Lake. Those are the two hottest across the lower mainland and 25 in through Lillooet. Same for a Soyuz today. Well above seasonal and it's going to get hotter. So the hottest days we expect it to be a Thursday, Friday and Saturday with the peak on Friday. Potentially record-breaking. As we head into the weekend, temperatures cool a little bit but we still have no rain in the forecast, everyone. So open fire bans that are in place right now. Category 2 all across the north and as of Friday, uh, the BC Wildfire Service says that they are going to add the Caribou region. What does that mean? It's not a campfire ban. It means a fire that is uh, greater than 0.5 meters, either high or wide. So make sure you're aware of that. There's your forecast, everyone. Lots of sunshine and heat right across the province. Temperatures in the mid to upper 20s across southern BC and across the south coast. So enjoy, but get out there and put your sunscreen on. Mother's Day looking nice, and I'll leave you with one last serene shot from Saanich Inlet, thanks to Robin. Isn't that beautiful? Serene. Nice nice day for a paddle. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Christy. Okay, if you've never been able to play a decent game of Jenga without ending up with blocks everywhere, you might not want to watch this. A chocolate lab puppy in Texas is going viral after she joined a game. Stays up. That's right, three-month-old Remington pulls a block from the bottom of the stack, which wobbles, but it doesn't fall. Probably goes without saying the video is burning up social media right now. Remington was, of course, disqualified because she didn't put the block on top. Right. She just so, took it away and just took it buried away. it somewhere in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. probably what happened. Yeah. Good hockey going on out in Langley. Yep, tonight, tomorrow, Friday. And because the WHL final series is 2-3-2, two, two, Vancouver Giants just have to win three straight at home. And then they'll be able to hoist the trophy Friday in front of their home fans at the Langley Events Centre because Vancouver did win game one of the series with Prince Albert. But winning three straight is not going to be easy despite the fact the Giants did beat the Raiders in the regular season in Langley. The Raiders have scored four goals in each of the first two games of this series so Vancouver needs its defence obviously to get better fast and they have to score more than a couple of goals. And to talk about game three which is tonight, Jay is in Langley with Vancouver head coach Michael Dick. Well, games three, four, and five of the Western Hockey League Championship Series back here at the Langley Events Center. Games one and two are at the Art Hauser Center in uh, Prince Albert. How different is the atmosphere going to be here than what you faced in games one and two? 
Well, I, I, I would think it's going to be very similar. The Outhouser Center was uh, was pandemonium. It was it was the loudest that you know visiting building, anyways, that we had heard uh, up to this point in the playoffs. Uh, that community has really rallied around their team, and uh, you know, right from pulling into the parking lot to uh, right right to the drop of the puck to the finish of the game, uh, it's loud. Um, and, and to be quite honest with you, it got our, our guys going in game one, and. We certainly want to feed off the energy we're going to have tonight. You're taking a, on a veteran squad in the Prince Albert Raiders. We know what they did in the regular season. We know what they did against you in Game 2. They, they shut you out. But your team, 3-0 in the postseason, bouncing back from a, from a loss. What do you expect from your boys tonight? We expect to respond. Um, you know, we, we've done it all year long. Um, you know, we prepared our guys for this uh, in the regular season. and We wanted to create a... I guess we wanted to create a habit that uh, we didn't want to lose two in a row. That we were able to respond in, in, in preparation for the playoffs. So we, we've done it all year long. We've reacted to adversity well. I, I expect it tonight again. You didn't practice today. You, you skated a bit yesterday. Do you want to just keep the boys fresh? I want to keep them fresh. And, uh, I mean, they've played a lot of hockey up until this point. So we had a great practice yesterday. Uh, we had a great day coming back uh, into Vancouver on Sunday and, and, uh, and going over a few things. So... We'll keep, uh, keep the energy rolling, and uh, we expect a lot of it tonight. Squire, it is game three tonight. It's just standing room only. There's still single tickets available for tomorrow. Game uh, six and seven, if necessary, will go on the weekend back in Prince Albert. And tonight at the Lang Event Center, it's all about fearing the beard. <laughs> St. Louis. Oh, well, I already gave it away. Uh, St. Louis and Dallas. Well, it's 1-1 after two periods. Here's how they got 1-1. Vince Dunn gets the first one. It looks like Patrick Maroon might have tipped it, but he didn't. one nothing for St. Louis. And then Jordan Bennington has lost his stick. The puck goes right in front, and Matt Zuccarella scores. So they're going to the third period. Winner of this game wins the series. Vernon's own Ken Holland, who will be inducted into the BC Sports Hall of Fame later this month, is the new Edmonton Oilers general manager after leaving Detroit, where he won four Stanley Cups. He won't bring Ken Hitchcock back as the head coach, so getting a new coach will be one of his main priorities, as well as fixing a team that has a few great and very good players and a big mess behind them. Liverpool was down 3-0 after one game against Barcelona. The winner of this goes to the Champions League final. So they had to score four. They had already scored one. There's the second one. Giorgino Wijnaldum makes it 3-2 in the 54th minute. Then Wijnaldum again with the header, so now Liverpool has tied it at home. 3-3. But wait, check this out. Trent Alexander-Arnold realizes the man's open. Quick corner kick, goal. Divock Origi. That is a brilliant play by Alexander-Arnold. And with that goal, Liverpool fashions one of the greatest comebacks in Champions League history. They're down 3-0. They win it 4-3. Now they get serenaded by the fans in Anfield, and they're off to the Champions League final. They will never walk alone. That's exactly right. right they never you. will. All right, thanks, Squire. Squire gets to do some really fun stuff sometimes. Sometimes, yes, I do. <laughs> Sitting beside of times. you guys. Oh, fun every, yeah. oh, it's fun every night. Very nice. So the Vancouver Film School and uh, Beyond Capture Studios are in the same building downtown. Mm-hmm. And they invited me to come on down and take a look at what they do. And what they do is amazing. Vancouver is a city, and we've done this before with stories, CGI and motion capture. We're one of the top cities in the world, and this is one of the top schools and one of the top studios. Here we go. 
technology at Vancouver's Beyond Capture Studios has advanced to such a point that lava monsters and sportscasters can do battle in real time. Which is a huge leap forward from where it used to be. This is better than the final product. This here is to see this live action right now right. is incredible. Like, yeah, you normally can't have an. You couldn't have had this conversation between Lava Monster and Good <laughs> Sir Knight. Yes. No, no, not at all. Back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. And it will only get better. You look at things like Alita Battle Angel and Thanos in, in uh, Avengers, and it's. Uh, the uncanny valley seems to have disappeared for the most part. I can't imagine, like, we're going to be able to have James Bond where all the Bonds are in it together and other people are playing Sean Connery or Sean Connery is playing 20-year-old Sean Connery. Like, it's limitless what you could do. All it takes is a tight black suit, 64 markers, and a whole bunch of computing power and imagination. Beyond Capture's studio was housed at the Vancouver Film School, whose alumni are creating some of the biggest productions out there. Well, we've been around for over 30 years, so we have this alumni network that's kind of bled out across the whole globe. And, and we like to say we're not just like working in the industry. The, our alumni are now influencing the industry. We are the industry, writers, directors, studio owners. Um, it's pretty amazing. And having Beyond at the school means students are literally inside the industry from day one. We've worked on some movies that won't be released until 2022. And all of these movies have all had VFS grads working on them. So these VFS grads will be able to say, I graduated from school. Two weeks later, I was a camera operator for a week. I was paid industry rates. I learned how to do my taxes, learned how to do my invoicing through uh, Beyond. And I worked on this project. Projects that will even outdo Revenge of the Lava Monster, which did have a happy ending. And I don't mean the coup de gras part. I mean the part where they ended up friends at the end of it all. Okay, we're back to being oh, friends again. Oh, hands, look at this. We like offset it. There we go. Uh, no, you go down. There we go. All right, we'll shake hands like this. <laughs> okay, well, they have some sort of weird ritual there. It looked like you killed the lava monster, though. Well, I mean, I think I just sort of... I Maimed it? Flesh wound. Yeah. He went into the lava, healed himself, and then we were friends. Right, See right, how it right. works yeah. out? It's a happy ending. Actually, Ian, the uh, guy who played the lava monster, is one of the top um, CGI actors around. Wow. He gets a lot of work. What a great job. Like, that is such a cool Yeah, job. he gets... yeah. He's a kickboxer and he's a bunch of other things too. Yeah. He's a, uh, also a lava monster. A lava monster. <laughs> Put that Put on money your in resume. that, apparently. Thanks for watching, folks. Have a good night.